Welcome to the Evans Elementary School podcast, where we get to have some fun, explore new things, and grow our brains. Miss Rollmeyer here, and today is the day before Halloween. Woohoo! <laughs> so while we're most of us are planning on having lots of fun tomorrow, today I get to share with you our Halloween story. So we've been working the last two weeks on putting together this story, and you guys have sent in several amazing ideas for bits and pieces of the story. And I put together the beginning and middle of the story last week and I brought it to you on Tuesday. And you guys have been sending me all kinds of awesome ideas all week long. So I've taken several of those and put them together to come up with an ending. So I'm gonna read the entire story to you today. Before I get started, let me share with you um, all of the students who have chunks of their story within our story. So our contributors are, <laughs> Kaylin from Miss Jordan's class, Mina from Miss De La Torre's class, Akshara from Mrs. Flores's class, Andrew from Mr. Brown's class, Sanvi from Mrs. Flores's class, Kashang from Mr. Flores's class, Rima from Mrs. Hill's class, Ishan from Mrs. Smotherman's class, Anad from Mrs. Jordan's class, Brooklyn L from Mrs. Anderson's class, Freya from Mrs. Perot's class, and Rajun from Mrs. Jordan's class. So, without further ado, let's dive into our story. It was a dark, rainy night with lightning and the engine in Kay's car stopped. He had gotten lost and went the wrong way. Before long, his car started acting funny and he realized his mistake. He was headed back to the one place he hoped he would never have to see again. It was a place that haunted his dreams. The home of the, that scary, horrifying monster. Kay grabbed the lantern he had in his trunk and headed out to find his way to a phone to call for help. As Kay surveyed the surrounding area, he realized his car had died right in front of the graveyard. Of course it was a graveyard. His car couldn't have died beside a nice, friendly place on this dark, stormy night. The graveyard was dark and spooky. He opened the entrance door, and then a bunch of flat bats flew in his face. He took a few steps back with the loud scream escaping his lips. Every pounding thought in his head would have to be cleared away as he stepped into the graveyard. His heart was racing, and he had a hunch something bad was going to happen. He decided the best plan was to run as fast as he could through the graveyard and to the wooded area on the other side. Hopefully a house would be by the trees. He burst into a, a run and flew through the graveyard as his eyes played tricks on him. Was that a white creature floating above the surface? Surely not. Ghosts are not real. Kay got to the woods without incident. He breathed a sigh of relief. Kay held up his dimly lit lantern and marched through the woods, listening for the faintest sound to warn him he was getting closer. Leaves crunched. Owls hooted. Wolves howled. But those weren't the sounds he was trying to hear. Kay was straining his ears as much as he could until he could hear it. Welcome home. As he passed the final tree, he saw it. What he had been dreading. He was back to the house that filled his nightmares. There was a phone he knew in the upstairs bedroom that would work to call for help with his car. As he entered, the large door creaked as it swung open. Inside, there was a green glow coming from the upstairs. 
Kay creeped up the stairs to one room down the hall, glowing greenish color. It seemed like forever since he reached the door. Just then, a loud, ghostly chortle filled the house. Kay spun around to find no one there. He was a little relieved to know that that monster might not be here. Crack a boom! Lightning and thunder filled the rooms as he saw a huge looming shape over him. Kay's eyes widened in terror as he started screaming away. Bam! He screamed in terror as the door slammed shut behind him and everything went dark. He ran around the whole house going into each room searching for a phone. Finally, he found one. He dialed 911 desperately and told them that his car was broken. He heard sirens coming and he felt relieved, but suddenly there was a bolt of lightning that he knew had struck the house. Kay ran to the front door. He turned the doorknob as hard and fast as he could, desperate to get out, but he realized the horrible truth. He was locked in, and before him, he saw the eyes of the monster gleaming in the dark. As he banged on the door trying to get out, he saw someone passing by. Help! Craycott cried with fear. It turned out that that mysterious person who was walking was a senior police officer. The officer approached the door and burst in the house. He helped Kay out of the house as it was filling with smoke. The officer called the fire department and then heard a sound from inside. He ran back inside as Kay hollered after him. Time ticked by slowly as Kay waited for the police officer to return. After what felt like a lifetime, the officer stumbled out with something in tow. Kay realized it was a horrifying monster. The one who had haunted his dreams and made his blood run cold with the thought of running drills and completing nightly 100 question math homework assignments. The meanest man on the street, Mr. Bodeltender. While the man horrified Kay, he didn't want something as so horrible as dying in a fire to happen to him. The fire department arrived and worked to put the fire out. The police officer offered to help Kay with his car and then made sure he got home. As Kay arrived at his house, he was greeted by an unexpected sight. The driveway and street were filled with cars and light that poured out of his house. Turns out there was a spectacular party hosted by his parents. All of his friends were there and dressed up for Halloween. In the end, he had a wonderfully spectacular evening, safe and sound. I hope you guys enjoyed that story. You guys did awesome coming up with different creative ideas for how we could piece it together. And I wish I could have used all of the ideas that you guys sent me. But I hope that you were pleased with what it came out as. And I hope you enjoyed the twisted ending. Not as scary as we had expected it to be. <laughs> but that's okay. So... As tomorrow is Halloween, I know many of you will probably be going trick-or-treating and doing different things like that. So let me give you some safety tips um, just to kind of help keep you guys safe. Because while it is a fun holiday, you still have to stay safe. So you can remember this by um, the acronym SCARE SAFE. And so each of these start with the first letter of one of those words. So the first one is to stay in groups. Don't ever wander around by yourself. At the same time, while you're in those groups, remember to social distance so you can stay safe that way. 
Next one is costumes should be well fitting and flame resistant. First off, you're going to be doing a lot of walking. Okay, so make sure that your costumes are comfortable to walk around in. You have good safe shoes on. And also, if you're carrying around anything that um, like has flame in it, like a lantern or anything like that, you want to make sure that your clothing is not flame resistant. The next one's an interesting one. Always test your makeup. So if you're going to do like face makeup or something like that, there's a lot of chemicals in those in that paint that you use. So you want to make sure you test it uh, like somewhere else on your body um, in a small patch to make sure you don't have any reactions. And I would probably do that today so that way you know if it's going to be safe for you to use tomorrow. The next one says, remember to look both ways when crossing the streets. Guys, you're walking around. You want to make sure that you're safe and not hit by a car because that'd be the worst way to end your Halloween is to be not safe while you're crossing that street. Examine all of your treats before eating them. Make sure that they haven't um, already been opened or that there's nothing wrong with the candy because sometimes that happens. Next one says stay on sidewalks when possible. Again, you want to stay safe while you're walking around. So you stay on the sidewalk, you're going to be in a much safer spot than walking in the middle of the street. Avoid dark houses. You know, houses are open for trick-or-treating if they have lights on, especially their porch lights. Um, so if they don't have their lights on, stay away from those houses. They're not open and interested in Halloween trick-or-treating. Uh, use flash sticks and glow sticks just so that you can be seen and you can see um, where you're going and what you're about to step on and all of that kind of stuff. And next, enjoy it. Have fun. With it being Friday, that means we also get to do a first Peak Friday segment today. So let's kind of hop to it and peek into a new book. The story we're going to be peeking in today is called Dying to Meet You by Kate Cleese. And it's the first story in a series called 43 Old Cemetery Road. And in this story, we are introduced to a really grumpy author whose name is Ignatius B. Grumpley. And he is determined to buy this Victorian mansion um, that's address is 43 Old Cemetery Road. And he's wanting to find peace and quiet so he can write another novel, another book. The problem is this mansion is already occupied, and it is occupied by an 11-year-old named Seymour, his cat named Shadow, and a really irritable ghost named Olive. So, in this story, we are exploring these new characters, and we're seeing how they start to interact, and as you can probably guess, none of them want the, each other there. So, we go through the story, um... And it's written really interesting. It's not a normal, typical novel um, where you have this chapter, then this chapter, then this chapter. The story is actually written through letters. So you have this letter from this person, and he writes to this person, and then the ghost and the boy write letters back and forth, and then they end up writing letters to the author, and that sort of thing. So it's written really um, differently than most novels. And so it's a great story to read. And I challenge you to check it out and read it sometime. Now, something else we can look forward to um, this weekend is Daylight Savings, which I am very excited. I might even be more excited about Daylight Savings than I am with trick-or-treating. And here's why. On Saturday night, when you go to bed, you are going to get an extra hour of sleep. Or you could think about it the reverse. You can stay up later an hour 
on Halloween night because you'll still get that same amount of time. So if your bedtime's 7 and you normally wake up at 7, you could go to bed at 8, still wake up at 7, and have the same amount of time. What? <laughs> so let's try to figure out if we understand this whole daylight savings. What is this daylight savings? Well, what it is, is it's a practice that we observe in the United States of moving your clocks during warmer months so that darkness falls later in the day according to the clock. Um, so the goal is to set your clock one hour forward in the spring. So you spring forward, but that means you lose an hour of your day. And then you set the clocks back in autumn or you fall back. And that means you gain an hour. So you're returning back to what we consider standard time. So this idea was first um, proposed in 1895. So a long time ago. And but it really wasn't really adopted until the German and Austrian Hungary Empire adopted it in 1916. And since then, several countries have used it at various times, especially since 1970, when then there was when there was an energy crisis. Now, it's not observed in every country. OK, um, and in fact, in the United States, it's not observed in every state. Um, Arizona and Hawaii do not observe daylight savings time. OK, now every other state in the country does. Um, but there are several countries around the world that do not um, at Asia and Africa generally do not observe it. Now, there are some countries within those continents that do. Um, parts of Australia does. So the northern part typically does not of Australia and the southern part does. Um, most of the countries around the equator do not observe it. And the reason is because there's not really much a, of a change between the daylight hours, how long the sun is out between summer and winter. Kind of just interesting to see which countries do change it, which ones don't. So mainly it's the countries where the sunrise and sunsets vary enough during the winter and the summer. And when you think about that, that makes sense. The summer days are longer and the winter days are shorter. So they want to maximize the time frame that the sun is up with our day. Okay. Kind of fun. You can look forward to that happening um, this weekend on Saturday evening. All right, guys, have a wonderful weekend. Have a fun weekend. And I look forward to having you guys come back on Tuesday. Bye.